Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Oh, Brian, what have you done now? Oh, Brian, what have you done now? This is Back to the Future, the podcast presented by the Brad Doorhead Show. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, they're going to see some serious shit. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? 1.21 gigawatts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Back to the Future, the podcast, the only podcast on the entire internet looking back in time at the greatest film trilogy of all time, Back to the Future. I'm your friend in time, Brad Gilmore, and I'm always joined by my two amazing, amazing co-hosts. First, this man is fighting out of Ireland. His name, Connor McGregor. No, I'm joking. David G. Mitchell, a.k.a. Davy Boy Mitch. How you doing, man? Whoa, man, this is heavy. What's going on? <laughs> and always in the blue corner, this man is a fan of 1980s movies, but he was not, surprisingly, he was not a 1980s rapper named Normie Norm. What's up, Norman? How you doing, man? Well, uh, I I prefer the red corner, and I take offense to being placed in the blue corner. <laughs> oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. Calm down, Norm. Calm down. I don't want to get into a rap battle with you, all right? Um, how y'all doing today, guys? Another another day, another dollar, another episode of Season 2 of Back to the Future, the podcast. And this is an interesting episode. We're actually going to be also looking back in time at Part 1 and maybe a little bit into the future at part three, but we're going to talk about the cut scenes from all three films or, or from, the, from the Back to the Future films. Should they have been left in the movie or should they not have been in the movie? And should, were they rightfully cut? Were they rightfully left on the cutting room floor? Now, I want to open by saying what a difficult process to go through is editing and, and trying to figure out what belongs in the movie that furthers the story and what is just pointless pointlessness what is just a scene that's a scene to be a scene if you know what i mean i mean nothing that furthers the story that just is there um i mean but it's tough when you're a writer which which your writer and a director like bob uh, zemeckis was who co-wrote this movie and is directing it to choose how to cut one of these things that you slaved over these words and this scene that you put together choosing to cut it has to be one of the most difficult positions to be in as a filmmaker wouldn't you agree david oh for sure i mean it's it's like your your baby so to speak you know you want to uh include everything and but unfortunately you gotta cut some stuff you know you need a fresh pair of eyes that's why i have an editor you know you need to make the best story as can be even though you may have to sacrifice certain aspects of 
your uh, your work. Definitely. Now, um, we've compiled a list. I won't say we. I'm I'm gonna actually defer this to to the the 1980s rap battle b boy champion Normie Norm over here. Um, he actually compiled the list. Of, of cut scenes from the movies and and he's going to help us run them down and we're going to try to figure out was it a good cut or was it a bad cut norm why don't you take it away man well thank you brad um and this is this is dicey work it's it's always difficult to be the person who comes to the table and says eh, that thing you thought that was really good isn't really that good i am a writer by trade and I always tell my editors that good editors make great writers. And I think the same applies to filmmakers. Once you're kind of plugged in and have that monomania that you just want to make that film and make that film, you lose that wide angle view that when you bring a good editor in, that they can say, eh, that doesn't really make sense. And I think as we kind of work our way through the list, we're going to see some things that definitely did not make sense. And, well, I know for certain, being the guy that made the list, there might be a thing or two that really should have been left in the films. All right, I, I agree. Let's, let's get to it. What's, what's our first scene that we're going to be talking about, Norm? Okay, our first scene is Marty talking to George in the McFly household. And on the DVD cut, it's called Peanut Brittle. And it is Marty telling George that he needs to learn how to say no. Obviously, kind of important to the plot as it plays forward, but Marty is literally begging his father to just try and say no to somebody. And conveniently enough, after the fact, um, a neighbor shows up with a kid selling peanut brittle for a school fundraiser, and he strong arms George into buying the entire case of peanut brittle. George does not say no. He surrenders his cash and Marty just kinds of kind of walks away disgusted. So hmm. if I if if I'm looking at this and giving it a good cut or a bad cut, I call this a bad cut because the scene is less than 60 seconds and it does a really, really good job of establishing how how weak George is and how how just immediately he caves in. And I think for the the extra the I'm sorry, extra sixty seconds of runtime, it would have been better left in the film. Hmm. Interesting. Now I I've seen this scene before, Peanut Brittle, and um what's actually funny is that after the scene where, where Doc, not Doc, where Marty, uh, George, and Biff kind of get into it, and they're talking about uh, Biff's kind of laying the uh, the groundwork of, of what he and George's roles are. You know, they cut to the scene of, of, of they're all at the dinner table, and Lorraine, like, throws the cake on, on the table saying, well, you know, your Uncle Joey didn't make parole again or whatever, you know. And they start going through the thing, and, and George watching TV. I, if you actually look on the table there, and he's actually eating peanut brittle. Um, so it's kind of funny that, you know, that, that scene was cut out. So maybe, maybe he just likes peanut brittle, but anyway, so I see the continuity there, but I just wanted to point that out. But as far as, was it a good cut or a bad cut? I think it was a good cut. I, I do. I think this was a good cut. I mean, I think Crispin Glover did a, a good enough job convincing us that 
he 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 caved into everything just with all right, Biff. Well, uh, I'll uh, get finish these up and run right over in the morning, you know. And you know, just being so subservient to Biff, I think that we already kind of figured that out. Um, yeah, if it was in the movie, would I have hated it? No, no. I mean, I'm not saying I hate the scene at all, but I don't think it was. It was kind of just an extra reinforcement of of George's. Uh, everlasting uh, uh, submission to other people. But what do you think, uh, David? Do you think it was a good cut or a bad cut? First of all, uh, fantastic George impression. But um, <laughs> I have to say, like, it's interesting to see this scene, and it does emphasize George's lack of a backbone, which could be misinterpreted as kindness, but it's really not needed, the scene, you know? I mean, I think the Biff scene does that enough that, you know, it explains George's, you know, nerdiness and his, his wimpiness so to speak but uh, but it also uh, explains why marty looks disgusted when george offers some, when george offers some, some peanut brittle at the, at the dinner table but uh without that scene though you might actually think marty just doesn't like peanut brittle but i think as a whole it's a good cut and not really needed and um other scenes do the job well enough oh well there you go so general consensus out of the three of us Two out of three votes that it was a good cut. So we're going to stick with our filmmakers on this one. Norm, what do you got next for us? Up next, we have the deleted scene that was titled Pinch Me on the DVD Extra. And it is when Marty has arrived in 1955 Hill Valley. And he looks at the newspaper, realizes what date it is, and asks a middle-aged woman who just happens to walk past him, to pinch him in case he's dreaming. She does not pinch him. She, in fact, slaps him across the face and moves on. And then he hands the newspaper off to the police officer and the film progresses as uh, released. I call this a good cut. Uh, didn't move the plot forward. Didn't do anything. I, I just call this chafe. No, yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. There's no need to really go in too in-depth about this. I mean, I think it's a great cut, actually. I don't think it's a good cut. I think it's a great cut. Um, definitely not needed at all. I mean, I, I think this was also... Was this one of the scenes that Eric Stoltz filmed? I believe I see some footage of this, of Eric Stoltz doing this, or, or at least um, this... Not not maybe this cut scene, but I'm saying the scene as a whole, like where, they're, where he's figuring out where he is. I think I saw this on one of the Blu-rays. But yeah, overall, great cut, not needed. Davey Boy, what are you thinking, man? Yeah, this scene I didn't really like at all. I mean, it doesn't really work. It's not really funny, even though it's trying to be. And I think Marty comes across as a bit unlikable when he's he's saying to the woman, he's like, "Yeah, pinch me, pinch me, come on, pinch me." You know, I mean, it's it's a bit uncharacteristic of Marty. Like, you know, comes across as a bit of a a jerk, so to speak. So, um, yeah, definitely a very good cut. Yeah, cut three good cuts straight across the board. Norm, why don't you tell the people what we got next? Well, up next we have a scene that was cut from the theatrical release and was actually cut from the initial DVD release, but then, I believe, was a hidden feature on one of the DVDs. It was a black-and-white commercial of a surgeon talking about Sir Walter Randolph's cigarettes. And when he gets out of three back-to-back lung cancer surgeries, nothing refreshes him more than... Sir Walter Randolph cigarettes. It was uh, oddly out of place. It almost felt like a 
Family Guy cutaway, and I will call this a great cut because it had absolutely no place in the movie. And I couldn't help but think that the guy who was playing the doctor was somebody on the production team's friend who just needed something to do that day. Okay, yeah, I mean, I've I've never seen this. Um, I, I saw the link that you gave, and, and I got about honestly. I, you know how sometimes your iPhone just won't load the video on YouTube for some reason, and you're sitting there and you're looking at that stupid spinning wheel. And I actually, as I saw that wheel spinning round and round and round, I, I began to think about what this scene possibly could be, since I had never heard of it before. And when I realized that it was probably super unnecessary and just like you said, something they did just to do it, I actually decided not to proceed with my potential watching of this video. So I did not even watch this scene, and I'm going to say it's a good cut. What do you think, David? Yeah, um, I don't really remember this uh, this scene on the DVDs as a whole, but I think I may have seen it once or twice. But it's interesting to see why they pulled it from the uh, the DVD release. Maybe it's a bit too... I know on PC for this for this day and age, but it's a funny little moment. But it stops the movie, and again, it's not really needed. It does show the uh, the intended time frame of the movie, as in the fifties, where I'm sure these commercials were on all the time, and people thought smoking was actually good for you, you know. But it's a good cut; you don't really miss it. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely not missed whatsoever and uh we'll include a link to this scene in our show notes so if anyone we all want to check it out and, and let us know what you think hashtag good cut bad cut um hit us up on bttf pod if you want to weigh in on this conversation as well but norm why don't we continue what do we what scene do we have up next well what we have next is a scene titled doc's personal belongings and it's a scene where Doc is going through his suitcase that he himself packed from the future to travel to the future, but, you know, inevitably ended up in the past. And he's going through the suitcase, and there's a hairdryer in there, and some clothes, and there's a Playboy magazine, which he hams it up with a bit. But really, the, the only thing of note in this scene is the hairdryer which later shows up in Marty's Darth Vader scene with George. And this scene kind of drags along. It's, it's a little slow, and I'm calling this a good cut. Um, yeah, I've seen this before, too. I mean, it was funny. You know, I did find some humor in it. Yeah, definitely with the Playboy magazine. I thought it was uh, entertaining, kind of funny. Um, but, you know, like I said, you know, not necessary, really. I mean, it was kind of just jokes for jokes' sake. Like, hey, can we get an extra laugh in here? Um, but I think the runtime on the scene itself being ninety seconds was re- really what kind of solidified it as okay, yeah, we got it. We got to cut this. We can't just have people laughing for ninety seconds about a Playboy magazine and some underwear. You know what I mean? So, I mean, definitely, I think great cut or a good cut rather. Um, not a great cut, but a good cut because I did think that the scene was funny and I was entertained by it. But it wasn't necessary within the plot. So I'm going to say good cut. What do you think, David? Yeah, I agree, Brad. Uh, It it is a funny scene, like with the hairdryer, and it does explain later on about the the Darth Vader scene. But I'd say the majority of people barely noticed the hairdryer when it originally aired, or when it was originally in the film. But uh, the Playboy Playboy scene, I think it was a bit funny, but I think it took away a little bit from Doc's character. 
like his, his his character as a scientist and a little bit of his innocence. Um, so I mean, it's a good cut, like you said. Um, not a bad, you know. It's funny, yeah. but it's you. You won't miss it again. Yeah, you definitely won't miss it. Um, this is what I want to say though about Doc. You bring up an interesting point. Is why you know now now that I'm, I'm rethinking this now I think it's a great cut because just what you said, David. You know, he was never a man who was who was uh you know who was lustful. He was always about the science. He never he you know you never heard him say anything about women until that third film. Um, so I think it's actually really interesting. That's a great point. Now that I think about it, I don't want to see Doc lusting over a Playboy magazine, as funny as it might be, or as as, as chuckle worthy as it might be. I mean, I want Doc to be the straight, not straight, but you know, the, the scientist, the straight laced scientist. You know, for for lack of a better term, who isn't isn't a who doesn't succumb to the natural pleasures of man, <laughs> if you will, the exactly. guy who's just kind of just. He's about the science, and that's about it. One point twenty-one gigawatts. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's a great cut. Uh, Norm, what do we got up next? Uh, up next, we have a scene called "She's Cheating," where Mark. <laughs> I remember this one. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. Where Doc and Marty arrive at the high school, and they go inside and see Lorraine cheating on a test, and ultimately the the scene folds into the existing scene with George stumbling down the hall. Uh, this this was a really bad scene. <laughs> the the only thing about this scene that was even moderately enjoyable, and that's not fair because it was very funny, was Doc stepping over the bike as he walks into the high school. It it was an empty scene. It didn't do anything to advance the plot, and this was a very very good cut. Um. Yeah. You know. I I agree with you now. I might be wrong, but I think this is also the scene where Marty is uh I think they did a second cut of this scene where Marty is kind of dressed almost like a uh like a like a uh like a like a like a Latin gangster if you will. Yeah. Do, do y'all know what I'm talking about? Is this where he's like that's he's the, cheating. That's more of an outtake. Yeah. She's cheating. That puto that you know that that you know derogatory term for woman that starts with a B is cheating, you know, and uh mm-hmm. I, I thought that was I mean definitely an outtake you know um it, that would have never made the movie but I, I remember that and that's the only reason I remember this scene yeah I mean it's a good cut but I think well you know I think it's an it's a mild okay it's an okay cut I will say um I could really go either way on it really the only reason I say keep it is because it further kind of uh ingrains in us that that Lorraine was not the woman that she said that she was. You know, I mean, in 85, she kind of said, I never did that with a boy, sat in a car with a boy or called up. You know, she never did any of that. And she was kind of the good girl is what Marty always thought. But she smokes, she drinks, she's cheating on tests. She's boy crazy. She's kind of a horn dog, if you will. Um, so, I mean, it kind of reinforces that she wasn't the greatest of people or she was just not. I wouldn't say she's a bad person, but she's just kind of a uh, not the straight laced uh, young woman that Marty thought of his mother. So, I mean, I think that was kind of. Actually, I think this is a bad cut. I'm kind of convincing myself that this was this was a bad cut. They should have kept this. They should have kept this in the movie. I really did like this scene. That I'm thinking about it. What do you think, David? No, I disagree, man. I mean, I didn't like this scene at all. Um, it slows down the pace. It does nothing for the characters really, and I think it makes Lorraine even worse than she needs to be. I mean, she does proclaim innocence and at the start of the movie, but 
this one makes her out to be a little bit worse than she needs to be. So I think it was a good clip. Okay, well, there we go. So we have uh, uh, two goods, one bad. So anyway, Norm, this one is is a, a scene that actually – this next one I think is a scene that made the movie, but it's a, a different version of it. What do we got up next? Yes, what we have up next is an extended cut of the Darth Vader scene where Marty visits George and places the Walkman headphones on his head and tries to convince him to ask Lorraine out to the dance on Saturday. And the scene in the movie as it exists is a very good scene, but the scene in the extended version, which was deleted, was a very good cut because it's over three minutes long and oh my goodness, does it drag on. It drags on like a dog with an itch on his behind. Not a good scene. So definitely worth the the uh the cutting or the the trimming if you will of this scene absolutely is what you're saying yeah well I I I tend to agree with that I mean the the the, the scene that that's in the movie is perfect you don't need to do anything else to it you don't need to add any more take away anything else it's perfect 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 in the film so yeah good cut what do you think David uh, there was one or two things that I liked the uh... Heat ray will vaporize you. Talking about the hairdryer was a funny line, I thought. And I thought they could have left that line in, but the rest is pretty much a good cut. I mean, the chloroform part where Marty knocks George out, it makes Marty a bit of a, a, bit of a bad character, you know? And the, But the way George falls asleep is a, is a bit of a funny visual. But as a whole, yeah, good cut. No, yeah, definitely. Um, great cut, great cut, great cut. Um, I know we have a few more here from uh, part one, so let's get let's get to them, Dave. Uh, I'm sorry, let's get to them, Norm. What do you got for us next? Well, we have three more scenes from part one that were cut from the film. The next scene is entitled Hit Me, George, and it's an extension of the scene where Marty is talking to George in his family's backyard and hanging laundry. And Marty's talking to George about pantomiming the fight that they're going to do when he tries to rescue Lorraine and George lands a very, very weak punch on Marty's stomach and insists that that's going to be good enough to convince Lorraine that he stuck up for her. Um, It's only a 30 second scene, but it really didn't add anything to the movie. And I will go ahead and call that a good cut. Yeah, no, definitely a good cut. I mean, uh, the scene, uh, well, if, if the scene was in the movie, I mean, it'd be just, I mean, you know, it, it would be, it would be unneeded, uh, definitely a, a, gr- a good cut, good cut here. Um, the way that things actually played out between Marty and George, like, every, you know what, there's looking retrospectively at the first movie, there's nothing that happened between Marty and George, like any scenes that they had together that there, there need to be any more of or any less of. It was just like, like I said about the last scene, it was a perfect amount. It should have stayed as is. And um, and that's why it's a good cut. Uh, I think it's yeah, it's a good cut. What do you think, David? I actually like this scene. I mean, it shows oh. George's it shows George's nerdiness a little bit, his charm, and a little bit of his innocence in his fear of of hitting someone. But it's a very short scene that I think it could have worked in the final cut, but it does work without it too. So I think it's a good and a bad cut. Well, there you go. Now I know we got a couple left, Norm. 
Um, and then we're going to actually have to put a bow on this bad boy. But what do we got up next? Well, this this is the big one. <laughs> you guys want, might want to settle in for this one. This scene okay, is hold called... On, hold on. Hold on. Let me stretch. Let me stretch here. I'm stretching. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. This scene is you got a permit. And this is an extended version of the scene where Doc is talking to and bribing the police officer as he's rigging up the clock tower. But what is most incendiary about this scene, as was picked up online several years ago when it was first released on DVD, was Marty saying to Doc that he was worried about feeling up or making out with his mother because he was worried that he might turn out gay. Yikes. Yeah, that that's kind of a that's kind of a pipe bomb. So, yeah. I'm just for the for the record before I go on, we're just going to go ahead and say best cut of the trilogy. <laughs> yeah. The movie was very much a product of its time, but I am so thankful that they cut this scene because it really, really could have cast a pallor on what is otherwise one of the most revered films of its time. Horribly written yeah, scene. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Pro- pro- product of its time, but easily the best cut of the trilogy. You know, I, I can't disagree with you at all there, Norm, because, I mean, wow, you know, uh, <laughs> definitely something that, you know, you definitely couldn't ever say nowadays. I mean, uh, no screenwriter in his right mind would write that scene um, because, you know what, I mean, sometimes and – and I'm sure there was a, a bit of innocence behind it or ignorance, I should say, probably, when that when that scene was written. But, I mean, poor poor choice, poor choice. I mean – Poor choice to write it and film it and waste the time doing it because here's the thing about Back to the Future is it doesn't offend anybody. The movie, as we've seen it in theaters, is not offensive to any particular group of people, maybe with the exception of Libyans. Let's 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 actually put that out there. But but, you know, of the time, it was a topical thing. Now, or, to or say the, what if I the Tannen family, if, if I were a member well, of the Tannen yeah. family, I, I, I could not support these films. Well, okay, yeah, you have a point there, but uh, but to to say, oh, I might turn out gay, like like that's the end of the world is essentially how how he almost you know, and he inferred that that would be the end of the world as he knew it. Not if he met his future self and there was a paradox and the universe exploded. If he became a homosexual by filling up his mother, um, which makes no logistical sense either, um, the 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 end of the world. It would be the end of the world as he knew it. So great cut, excellent cut, masterful cut, some might say. Best cut of the trilogy. I definitely agree with you. Keep it PC, Marty McFly. Come on, dude. What do you think, Dave? (laughs) Um, I have to slightly, slightly disagree in some parts. I mean, I've always wondered about this scene and how Doc was allowed to continue with his experiment. But I like it in the way it shows the relationship between Doc and the cop and how... He's done this type of stuff before, like he like it's normal, cool thing, and it's uh, oh, it's just a doc doing his crazy experiments. He's not harming anyone, you know. Yeah. And then the innocence of the uh, the time and the wording Marty uses, you know, like hitting on her is funny because Doc takes it as actually hitting Lorraine, you know. 
And the gay term, I mean, although it might be a bit on PC today, but it's, as I said, it's it's of its time. I mean, if the the gay term was left in, I don't think people would be up in arms about it because it was of its time, you know. Um, but Doc's reaction is priceless, and it shows, like, the 50s innocence, as the word had a bit of a different connotation to it back then, I guess. But Marty says, I uh, I gotta go, as opposed to explaining to Doc about the gay thing, and Marty asking about when, when will he fade out, and Doc's reaction is uh, great. It's very uncharacteristic, but in a good way, you know, when he says, beats the shit out of me. Showing a bit of a humorous side that hadn't been seen much before. Um, I think bad cut is the wrong term, as as I do love this deleted scene out of, of the mall, I'd say. So I'd actually say, I wish it was still in the cut. Now, now the one thing I will say is Doc's reaction, and maybe Norm, you might have a different view on this, but if the scene were to be in the film, Doc's reaction to Marty saying, what if I turn out gay, and Doc saying, why wouldn't you want to be happy? You know, it, I mean, it, it is a great way to to kind of uh, alleviate the tension of, of that line. And and that might have been why what it was designed to do is to show the difference between hitting on a woman isn't literally hitting her as it might have been taken in the 50s and being gay in the nineteen eighty in 1985 didn't mean the same thing it did in 1955. So, I mean, maybe it's just showing a passage of time. I mean, so I, I do see what, Dave, what you're saying there is if it were left in, it might have... It might have played a little better, especially with the police officer. Now, I did forget about that. I was kind of caught up on the on the dialogue, but uh, that is great. You know, oh, it's Doc. Whatever. Let's just let him leave him alone. I mean, he's he's this wild-eyed scientist. He he was back then, and he always will be. But yeah, I mean, the gay line to me, it was a good move that it was taken out. Um, but if it was left in, and maybe 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 people wouldn't have been offended by the way Doc reacted to the line, like, oh yeah. And if he would have said, oh yeah, yeah, you don't want to be gay. That's the worst thing that could happen to you. I mean, then whoa, Doc, hey, don't turn heel on us, brother. Um, but him saying, why wouldn't you want to be happy? You know, isn't you know, it's kind of funny at the end of the day. But I, I think still good cut. Now, I, I think I the gays. I think any gay people would get a kick out of it. Potentially, but what are you gonna say, Norm? No, what I was going to say was you know, the the joke with why wouldn't you want to be happy? It's it's the same joke as what does gravity have to do with this, which was told yeah. several times during the trilogy, and it, uh, it it wasn't necessary, and it was definitely a good cut. No, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. I do agree. It was a good cut, but uh, I think we have one more scene. From part one, so let's see what we got this time. Good cut, bad cut. Last scene, what do we got? The last deleted scene is a approximately one-minute scene of George McFly being trapped in a phone booth while uh, Marty and Lorraine are in the car and Biff is approaching the car. Uh, he was trapped in there and pinned in because somebody took a prop from the Under the Sea dance and... I'm sorry, Enchantment Under the Sea Dance, and, you know... Yeah, watch it the, there. <laughs> close the phone booth. And so it's literally 60 seconds of George McFly struggling in a phone booth and begging to be let out by, I believe it was Strickland, although I'm not 100% on that. And it was I think it was Strickland. And it was definitely a good cut because it it was absolutely unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You didn't need to hit us over the head with like, you know, because they're trying to build tension and drama to the moments. But I think the climax of the film, you know, where Marty finally is, you know, 
everything's going right and he's finally getting his parents in love and yada yada i mean i think the tension of that played out perfectly in the film i don't think you needed to add anything extra and beat us over the head with is it gonna happen is he gonna get back is you know his parents gonna fall in love is it gonna is it gonna happen is it gonna happen you know i don't think we needed that so much um i think it was perfect in the film so yeah i I definitely think good cut what do you think dave yeah, I mean, although it explains a bit better why George is actually late, you know, it's yeah, why it is unnecessary. Yeah. yeah, it does show how geeky George is in the fact that he double double checks the time by calling up the operator, even though he's actually running late. But again, it's it's not needed. Very good cut. Yeah, great cut. Well, that's going to conclude this edition of Good Cut, Bad Cut for Back to the Future Part One. But we will be back very soon. With uh, back, good cut, bad cut for Back to the Future Part Two, and maybe even a little bit of Part Three. So stick around. We're gonna see you all in the future. Now, make sure you follow us on social media at BTTF Pod on Twitter. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, reviews, recaps, ideas, uh, whatever you have, send them over to BTTF podcast at gmail.com david g mitchell why don't you tell the people where they can follow you at mitch van halen is on instagram and twitter follow along for the ride let's have a good time now i do want to say even if he doesn't give you any social media normie norm's debut album is coming out soon he's coming for you marky mark watch out kanye west he's gonna win the video vanguard vma next year normie norm you got anything for the people um if somebody wants to look me up on facebook uh norman benford pennsylvania i can promise you lots of wonderful pictures of my cat (laughs) <laughs> and you can follow me on all social media. That is Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, at Brad Gilmore. And uh, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and leave a review and as many stars as you feel it deserves. I would like to think that's five, but if you feel differently, that's okay. We appreciate all feedback. For Normie Norm, for Davey Boy Mitch, I'm Brad Gilmore, and we will see you in the future. Brad Gilmore Show On Demand is meant for entertainment purposes only and does not mean to infringe on any copyrights of Back to the Future, its characters, its audio clips, or its music. Hope to see you again in the future. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save-